Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Sarah, or is it Sierra Hammer? Mm. I'm not sure. It's one of the two. Um, but we're here this week coming at you with another episode. Before we get into the pod, we always want to let you know if you want to keep tabs of us uh, on us and what's going on between episodes, you can find us over on Instagram. You can even find us on Facebook. We're at the same address. It's at Movies We Missed. And um, I, I guess at this point, I don't know. We should have deleted that Twitter account by We now. should have deleted the Twitter, but I don't know what the login is. So, like, don't find us on Twitter because we're... As soon as, as soon as we figure out how to get logged on and delete our account, it's over for you, hoes. As soon as we figure out how to do <laughs> the base minimum, if that ain't a group of millennials for you, um, then we will do it. As soon as we figure out how to do it, it is done. As soon as I remember to add it to my to-do list, pull open the Twitter app, log in as Movies We Missed, and deactivate my account, I'm doing and get, it. And don't forget, get done noshing on your avocado toast. Of course, which I've bought, which means I can't buy my own home, which is true. That's how it works. I mean, if, if mm-hmm. the math is mathing. I mean, if you the do math- it, don't... Has don't, pull that, don't pull out that thread, but I mean, until you do pull at it, I mean, that's that's how it works. Um, right. Jane, how are you doing today? I've given up. I think, as you can see, um, it is... That leads us right into the episode. The lead actress this week in our movie. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. How dare you? No, I just am like, at that point... So I've been traveling the past two weeks, and Ooh. I, as you know, and I... <clears throat> it's... By the time this comes out, we'll be deep mm-hmm. into the holiday season, but it's just... We're just about to hit Thanksgiving, and... I just got home this weekend after traveling for a while, and now I'm back, and I do not care about participating in life. And mostly, I mean, work. I'm too tired. How exciting for me to record with you. (laughs) Here's the thing. I've got it up for this podcast, and that's about the only thing I can get it up for. Otherwise... Barely that, I'm sure. (laughs) It's probably, at this point, it's probably half-masked. For the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm rock hard for this podcast. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, that's right. But, I got you on rock. <laughs> the only, the only time, I mean, I, I, look, I am, oh God, I was going to say something so disgusting. I no, I get it. This is the first time this has ever happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> but what I mean is I'm just, it's that winter feeling where like the holidays are approaching and you just feel like. I'll do it next year. That is how I feel about a lot of things right now. I mean, I mean, here's the thing to keep in mind. Jane mm-hmm. and I, we usually see each other like, I don't know, I guess pretty regularly. Sometimes I was talking to somebody about the podcast and, and they were like, oh, like that probably like brought you two closer together. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. I don't no. know if it like, it didn't bring <laughs> us closer together. I, I don't want to say that it like pulled us apart, but it like it <laughs> did something because it's like Jane and I used to see each other all the time. <laughs> and we used to like hang out and I feel like we don't hang out as much but I feel like a part of that is because like sometimes I feel like we don't text and we don't message as much because we're trying to hold everything in for the podcast <laughs> it's 
so and, true. <laughs> we're and like you guys Sick. just get like a messy version of it all anyway. So it's like, and I'm sure the things we were going to message about, we could have just messaged about and like it wouldn't have right. changed anything. And but you guys still that thing might not it's care. Like, we got to talk about it. Yeah, it's like this, this podcast is for the really messed with the way that I view movies. And mm-hmm. my mom put on when I came home yesterday. My mom had the Family Stone on, which I've never seen before. <gasps> and I, I was you like, didn't watch it, did you? No, I didn't. But I was like, okay, good. I can't watch this. And she was like, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I like didn't want to explain it to her because I felt like it would sound stupid. Jane, on the off chance that Jane maybe gives me this movie, <laughs> I can't watch it. Uh, well, because you and I have actually talked about that thing. movie specifically. That like I want, I I want to make you watch it during. It doesn't. Maybe I'll make. It's a Christmas movie for is, sure. But is that? Is it considered like if you go to like, like say you're like dating someone, mm-hmm. and you go to their like family's home for the first time, and you've never mm-hmm. met like any of their family members, and then you come in and you're like with this person, and then when like two of their siblings come in the room, and their siblings are both really attractive, is that considered a family stone if they all get you on wrong? <laughs> it well, it first of all it depends on. Um, I, well, actually, I don't know. I would say that could be considered a kind of family stone. Absolutely. So you were hanging out with your with your boys or your gals, mm-hmm. um, or your non-binary folk later, and you mm-hmm. were just like your friends, and you were like, "Man, I was I was hanging out over at, you know, Jilly Beth's house, and her <laughs> sister Clara came in the room. Her brother Brecken came in the room. <laughs> it was wild. Her cousin Casper came in the room. Her dad was bulging, and I found myself it was like gibraltar because i was Mm. on family stone you know you could definitely smell what my rock was cooking Mm -hmm. her whole family Mm -hmm. had it going on Mm -hmm. her grandmother stumbled out of the bathroom (laughs) cane in hand but it was no match for my cane (laughs) they all talk about talk about a handsome woman (laughs) and talk about you know my familial stone Right. You know, this this and ain't no it, geode. <laughs> <You laughs> this is stone, baby, and it's in my pants. This is calcium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my calcified genitals. <laughs> it's sort of calcium feels like a step down though, because calcium. Yeah, feels it brittle. does. It sort of feels like an accident, you know. Well, I mean, I guess it is an accident, but it seems like you haven't attended to it, so it's calcified. And you if I was I mean? hanging out with like the brownies, and they and I said something like, "Man." It was calcium in my pants from her. <laughs> First of all, I don't, I don't know. You probably hang out with the bronies a lot more and talk about the calcium in your pants more than I do. So I would fall to, I would def, like default to you and ask you. On all things, penis, rock, like metaphor related. Not my even. Category. Not even that, but just what you're saying to your friends about it. Because I know that that's sort of like something you bring up a lot, how rock hard you are. And people love it. They do. They do. Um, Uh But I mean, I got that cease and desist from uh, from my post person. Well, and you've been Um, sued a few times and threatened with jail time. They've taken me to court, but they haven't collected. And that's the important thing. Right. And, And you've always said it's your word against theirs, right? Exactly. And I mean, I guess you might as well call John Grisham because it sounds like my firm is what caused all these problems. (laughs) You see what I did there? You see I connected it back to Hordon, the firm, the Grisham. 
I do see that we have spent the first 10 minutes of this podcast talking about um, erection euphemisms. So and... all's right in the world. So we're right where we, where we left off. <laughs> we are exactly as classy as I thought we were. <laughs> we were. We did not in the last episode talking about phenomenology. Let me just tell you that, baby. What is phenomenology? Phenomen phenomenology, first of all. It's oh, like phenomenology. Phenomenology. Sorry. It's like the okay. study of like phenomena, like the nature of being and existing. The Muppet song. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Phenomena. Yep, you nailed it. Um speaking of phenomenon, this week we're dealing with one of the forces of nature. Um that has been very difficult to pin down. Um, we're dealing mm-hmm. with a person who possesses a very particular kind of star power um, mm-hmm. that is not tied to acting prowess. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of little mini epiphanies I had during this movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, a couple of things. One thing that came up for me during this movie that I found myself thinking, first of all... Well, we let... should say what the movie is. Oh, the I'm movie sure they clicked is... on it. They know. But maybe, the... you're, maybe you pressed play and you didn't pay attention. It is the, the movie... It's... Oh, I'm sorry, please. It's the Netflix... Um, Christmas soon to be classic. It just dropped like last mm-hmm. week, baby. But mm-hmm. uh, we're doing a new new this week. You know, mm-hmm. it's not always about the old old. Um, and this doing... is the first time we've ever done this. A new movie that's come out. Is Isn't that it? true? I think it is. This is the first time we've wow. ever covered a new movie. Yeah, that's so funny. It's something I want to do a lot, but then I yeah. like I don't. But then also, it's like if you go to the movie theater, what are you doing? You got a notepad. <laughs> Um, so yeah, how do you take notes? Yeah, we gotta absolutely. we gotta do it this way. But we are watching the Netflix joint "Falling for Christmas," starring none other than Lindsay Lohan and none other than Court Overstreet. <laughs> Wait, I had like so many feelings about his name in this. Like, what is that name? Court? It's a stupid name. It's like it's like. A, <laughs> It's the name and of shout like, out, dis- shout out to Cord's parents, by the way. Yeah, good. Yeah, good choices. And I don't question any of your other choices as a result of the name that you gave your child to just have forever. Um, it is the name of like the cool guy in a Disney movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's from so Glee, so he's essentially the cool guy in a Disney movie. I mean, that's actually from- a very valid point. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I can't argue with it. Yeah, I, I did not realize he was from Glee. I thought he was from, like, one of those, like, CW shows. There was this period. He's someone where, like, I watched this and I was like, I recognize that person. I know that I recognize them from something in my, like, teenagehood. But I don't remember exactly what it was. Well, It wasn't your teenagehood either, It mama. wasn't my teenagehood. I guess Glee was in my adulthood, but it feels no, so don't You don't have to ago. guess. Let me confirm for you. <laughs> you were a whole-ass adult living in an apartment across the hall from me. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and my twenties really did feel like my teenagehood. You know, just you, given you the... navigated them similarly. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But hey, we're on the other side. Um, so you live and you learn. Uh, like I agree with you. Tommy. You live, you learn. You learn. You love. You learn. You learn. You learn. Um, I did not know what I knew him from either. I think that I thought he was Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> he like might as well be. 
as I said those names together, I felt like I was making that name up just now. It it sounds like a fake name. It sounds like a name you give as a reservation name if you're a famous person. Like, it oh, like I don't name. want anyone to know it's me, so just just use Chad Michael Murray. It sounds to me like the name you get when you go into witness protection. <laughs> and they move you to, like, the small town in Wyoming. Mm. And then they're like, you're Chad Michael Murray now. You can forget... <laughs> About, you know, you can Court Over that. Street. Yeah, you can forget about Court Over Street. He's dead. He died in that fire we set up. You're not Court. <laughs> You're true. Um, what is this FBI agent? <laughs> he moved around a lot as a kid. He doesn't okay. really, he didn't really settle, have roots that settled in anywhere. And then when okay, he was. Okay, because the accent is muddled for sure. Exactly. And when he was in mm-hmm. high school, funnily enough, his mother had to go into witness protection. So that's oh, something okay. that's like tracked through his life. And now he's an agent who's putting people in there. So he's got this sort of like identity that places him in between. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. he kind of is a subject. He knows how it feels to be in the in that position. But he also knows the importance of placing people in that position. And the big epiphany he has is that he reali- when he realizes that he's still in witness protection. Mm-hmm. Like for the witness protection, he remembered his mom going and then one day like, one of the like you know uh he of uh, his brother tells him no no we're in witness protection like mom died we're still in witness oh. protection you've built this whole career and this life around being being in witness protection how are you going to help these people when you don't even know how to get out of this thing yourself like we're stuck in it we're Whoa. the same thing we are the thing that we're trying to did get you guys, tr- did you guys just get goosebumps i know i did and i'm wondering if our listeners did during you that. know what? I don't think there's been a television show ever about like solely about like a family and witness protection. But what a trademark great... copyright, trademark copyright. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I wish I would you, love I wish I... you listeners would fucking try and steal <laughs> our intellect our intellectual fucking property properties. from this podcast where we come up with literally like honestly. I hope someone's writing down all of our ideas because I forget them as soon as we say them. And that's I a good swear. idea for a TV show. It's a great idea for a TV show. That's why I said trademark. Oh, wait, wait. Dave said... Oh, Dave the... said that was the Eddie Izzard and oh, Minnie Driver show on The FX. Glades. It was I, called The Glades, wasn't it? I didn't watch that. I think watch it was that. called The Glades and I never saw it, but I remember because Winnie Minnie Driver was in it. Okay, but we could do something similar. You know? Were they in witness protection? Brandon, I, I to be yep. honest, that, yep. that sounds like, that sounds like a show for... that I... A change of pace homicide detective Jim Longworth relocates from Chicago to the small, sleepy town of Palm Glade, Florida, where playing golf in the beautiful weather after joining the okay. I don't know. It's too much. Anyway, yeah, we'll I feel it out. like I feel like we've lost our way, and I want to say, like, speaking of epiphanies. Once again, speaking of losing your way. Sleep, speaking um, of losing your way. Speaking of epiphanies. Speaking of not rumors? knowing people's true identities. Um, confessions of a teenage drama queen and rumors. I'm tired of rumors starting. I'm tired of being followed. Wow. I'm tired of people talking, saying, saying what, what they, they want. I don't know. <laughs> I really lost my way Why on that. Why can't they back up off me? Why can't they let me live? I You're giving it so much more than it ever was. <laughs> it for just what it is. She's an icon. She's a legend. She's forever the moment. Okay. Although I do have a question for you. 
Okay. Don't say okay like that. You know she's legendary. No, 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 no. Don't get me. I, I, no one wants more for Lindsay than me, but please go ahead. I, her therapist probably. I <laughs> do, I did have this moment in this movie where I thought, do y'all remember, this is going to sound mean and I don't mean for it to, but do y'all yeah, remember yeah, yeah, the yeah. height of everything going on with Lindsay and, and things mm-hmm. she was dealing with a lot of issues and mm-hmm. she was trying to work through them and it was awful and the paparazzi was so horrible to her and she was really what? trying to like navigate it with, with I, I can't say she was trying to navigate it with Grace. I don't know her journey. I think but she, was just just she, was, get, she was like, just trying to get life through without and everybody her messy else's parents too. Fucking, it was all oh so... God much but i just remember there were so many people being like this is separate from that by the way but there were so many people being like like oh like what a like what a talent like what we missed out on and it's like i never understood why we put all of that on her like why couldn't we just be like oh she's like a fine actress and she's got like a nice like comedic timing but it was yes, like we like made nice her timing. like Everybody was like, she, everybody was like Emma Stone just like came in and stole her career. And it's like, did she? I don't remember that conversation. To be you honest. don't remember I, all of this happening where everybody was I, like, no, Emma no, no. Stone released Easy A and the people were like, this is Mean Girls. I remember, um, I remember definitely the conversation we had about like, Lindsay Lohan like could have already won an Oscar. Like she, you know what I mean? Like she's everything and it was like she was fucking great in Parent Trap and she was fucking great in Mean Girls great in Mean Girls I mean one of the most iconic movies of our generation McAdams and, stole that show though let's all be real I mean absolutely but I, it was a great ensemble cast great ensemble and, great ensemble and I think that was really really important great writing great direction um I was anxious to see what Lindsay could do, you know? I didn't necessarily think, like... People were talking Oscars, though. People were like, she could have been an Academy Award-winning actor. And I'm like, why did we just, like... Honestly, I'm not trying to be shady, sure. but when did we like, decide that, though? Like, I don't based know. Based on like, what? Herbie Fully Loaded? <laughs> I'm genuinely asking, because I was watching this movie, and I was like, it's nice. It's lovely uh-huh. seeing her on screen, and I want to see her doing more, like comedic yes. roles and i'd like to see her dip her toe into like more drama but it was just funny because i felt like what i was what i was feeling what i'm getting at is that when this started i think in my mind i had sort of like projected this see, all I of didn't this do stuff that. onto Lindsay, and I, then the reality of it was like that. oh it's a it's nice it's, it's because nice. i knew like i never i heard people saying that and i would be like okay you know like i i you didn't want to like start a fight but you were like cool yeah but i was like okay well i haven't necessarily seen the evidence of like an oscar winning performance yet like jane said where are the receipts that's what jane said (laughs) maybe with time and like like you know maturing and getting these really interesting roles and working with really interesting directors and like really investing in this craft like sure she could get there absolutely where's her where's her whale at yeah, Brendan. Brendan's coming for that Oscar, clearly. Absolutely. And where Arnowski? Knock, <laughs> knock, knock. Because we know <laughs> I would love to see I the mean, work that y'all did together. To be fair, I don't think they'd be in the same category because they do split up the, <laughs> the um, acting accolades by gender, which is you know an interesting. What are you talking about? I didn't mean the same year in the same category. I just meant that like <laughs> make a, when you make your next movie, like let's I, get a gritty story you, for our girl. <laughs> I thought you meant that was her competition. I Wait, did you think that? Did you think that what I was positing was that Lindsay Lohan should have had that role in the whale? 
I'm not taking anything I'm away. Not, I'm not taking anything not away from, from Brendan. <laughs> and well, you should. He's been to hell and back. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, I think he, I think that he's got a lot more, you know, to go. I do too. I so do too. I would love to see I haven't Lindsay. seen, I haven't seen The Whale. I have, and I'm very interested in seeing it, but I have heard that um, there is some backlash about the, some fat phobia, which I'm interested to see and take in myself and make my own decisions about that, obviously. But um, I've heard his performance is incredible. And so I would love to see it. It just looks like the trailer looks like one of those movies. It's like, give me the Oscar. <laughs> like, it is one of those trailers where you're just like, oh, we know what's going on here. Right down for Christmas, huh? Like, it is literally one of those like Oscar Beatty performances right. that's just like right under the deadline it's delicious you know? it's all it's it's like it's 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 a wash of like of like blues and greens mm. there's a lot of like dark lighting yeah there's barely glimpses of like our lead there's a mm. lot of people going through the emotional ringer around this person and then Ooh. you get like one or two shots of like brendan fraser just being like people can be astounding <laughs> and it's like the, and then just like the name of the movie and it's like oh god, god. we're all you know, wrapped up in it you know making a trailer is an art in and of itself and i would love to be in that business a la cameron diaz in some uh is it something that's gotta give no the holiday, the holiday. <laughs> gotta give if you guys want to listen to last year's holiday picks we did do the holiday there you go, baby girl and you can go ahead and listen to it right after this episode i have you know what speaking of trailers you know who doesn't give a fuck about trailers netflix netflix does yep. not have a trailer division what they mm-hmm. do is they just pick 30 seconds of it and they put it mm-hmm. up and that that you know everybody also let's talk about this real quick the mm-hmm. number one thing i hate about netflix mm-hmm. is that they don't give you a choice on if you want to see a trailer or not Maybe it's just our TV, but when you your TV plays on... differently than my TV, okay. and it's what we use to stream and to like watch our our like apps. So you use a different thing than I do, and yours immediately starts. I use it. Apple TV, Mine's and not the moment that. that the moment that it lands on something, the trailer for the thing starts playing, and it is yes, overwhelming. It's on the senses. really annoying. You can't take in anything, and it's like I don't need. Like, give me the option of pushing play on a trailer. I don't want to see a trailer every time the cursor goes over a new title. It's too it's- much so much and it's like loud and it's confusing and it's like sometimes you would rather read the synopsis than watch the trailer and then decide if you want to watch the trailer after the synopsis i mean you know and also speaking of synopsises synopsis synopsis i just to segue into one that i wrote for this movie i'd you love wrote to a get synopsis it. this week I did, I did, because it was my movie. So that's how that sort of works. When when you pick the movie, you write the synopsis. Okay, I've been meaning to look at that handbook that um, that you put out, but it was all in that like chicken scratch. So I couldn't, I couldn't make it out. It was yeah, in chicken, like, chicken scratch. This, it was in Crayola. This is like our this is like our eighty third episode. I feel like you should know that at this point. There's a lot of things I feel like you should know. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So why don't you just get started on your synopsis then before I read you? Okay. <laughs> I saw a tweet today that was so funny. It said, gay guys want to read everything but books. <laughs> yeah, 
One of our okay, so one of our friends, just really quickly, one of our friends, um, he passed away. He was really wonderful. His name was Jeff. One of the things that I remember about Jeff is that Jeff's synopsis on Facebook, when I first met Jeff, it just, mm-hmm. under books, it just said, I, I don't like books. And, <laughs> he was so honest. He was so honest. And I loved honest. it so much. And it has stuck with me for, to tell you how long it's been would be to tell my age. Um, yeah. No, but it has is... stuck with me for like almost 15 years. And I just, I loved the honesty of it. Um, but that is so true. Also, did you see what I sent you today? Uh, what is it? Gay men will be like. <laughs> gay, no. gay, men will, gay men will be like. Here is mother, and it's Megan Trainor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. That was that. another tweet. I don't. I can't remember who the author of that tweet was, but I saw it, it was so funny. <laughs> and shout out Megan Trainor. Um. Yeah. No. Totally. She's um, all about that base, and Jane is all about that synopsis. So we're gonna throw it over to our girl. <clears throat> this is my synopsis for Netflix's very own Falling for Christmas. Growing up in the public eye as a famey... <laughs> I don't know why that fucking hit me in the right spot. <laughs> trying to say famous and I said <laughs> yeah we're, we were all here <laughs> why is that so fucking funny to me <laughs> I'm sorry we cut all this no let absolutely we're leaving it in <laughs> let me get it together hold on let me get Ooh. some more <laughs> so aqua's gonna help okay <laughs> I've got the giggles today Just take a little sip oh. for water that's gonna fix it by the way everybody don't look at me i love what we as people think a sip of water is gonna fix like there's so many literally everything where it's like you think or like you watch somebody like answering like you watch prince andrew in an interview and it's like it's like baby that that that, aquafina is not gonna it's not gonna make what happened with with virginia go away allegedly that pause for water isn't gonna change the narrative all the wawa in the world Mr. Trump, you are still a war criminal. Allegedly. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Growing up in the public eye as a famous and wealthy person can't be easy. Sure, you have a number of conveniences and luxuries that other people don't have, but people are watching and judging your every single move. No, I'm not talking about who you think I'm talking about. I'm speaking of our world-famous protagonist, Sierra Belmont, daughter of Beauregard Belmont, the hotel magnet. (laughs) Ever heard of her? Yeah, we thought so. Being rich and famous hasn't protected her from life's cruel circumstances. Her mother died when she was five. And then she's probably suffered other things, too. Like, she's sort of lost and listless in her career. She's dating a self-obsessed, vaguely queer social media influencer. The only thing they have in common is their love for attention. And that is about to lead to a premature engagement for the gram. This makes Sierra the polar opposite of our male protagonist, Jake Russell. Jake is a hotel owner too, but on a very different scale. He owns the North Star Lodge, a charming ski resort down the road from the Belmont's huge luxury hotel where the rich and famous go to relax and hit the slopes. 
The North Star is a charming family place for everyone, and the bad news is it's struggling financially. The hotel has been in Jake's wife's family for three generations, and since she passed away a few years ago, it's been Jake, his daughter Avi, and his mother-in-law Alejandra running the show. Jake is out of ideas on how to make his hotel a success. As a final Hail Mary, he goes to see Beauregard Belmont in order to pitch an investment deal. He wants Mr. Belmont to help him update the North Star and attract new guests. The idea is that people who are just beginning to ski start at a smaller lodge, and then once they've become really great, they upgrade to a fancy resort like the Belmont. That is the first time I've heard something like that, but I must admit I'm not deeply invested in the operations of ski resorts. Despite Jake's compelling case, Beauregard basically blows him off. So how do a woman who is attracted to mindless excess and a man who has very little in the way of material possessions find love with each other? That is the made-for-streaming holiday movie way, after all. They've got to meet and fall deeply in love in a week's time. Well, get Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell on the horn because we're going overboard. While Tad is proposing to Sierra on a remote snow-covered mountain, a gust of wind brought on by her child's... (laughs) Have a sip of water. Okay, thank you. It'll solve everything. And then it'll solve everything. <laughs> Not too much, or you may solve world peace. Just a exactly. little bit. Just enough to synopsis. <clears throat> then we won't have songs to sing at Christmas. A gust of wind brought on by a child's Christmas wish that her widower father will find love this Christmas season causes Sierra to lose her balance and tumble down into a crevasse and get knocked the fuck out. Jake is selflessly taking a couple at the resort on a sleigh ride when they stumble upon Sierra's seemingly lifeless body. They get her to the hospital, and everything seems like it's going to be okay except for one thing. Sierra doesn't remember who she is. She can't remember her name or where she came from. So who's going to take her in while her family tries to find her, or she miraculously gains her memory back? You guessed it. Jake puts her up at the North Star Lodge, where he and his family can look after her. Not to mention, he gets some free labor from Sierra while she stays there, but Jake is about to find out you get what you pay for. What kind of shenanigans will ensue while Sierra, now going by Sarah as a placeholder name, is staying at the lodge? Will things feel like a disaster before Sierra has a breakdown and eventually learns how to do basic chores, impressing everyone around her by literally doing the bare minimum? Will Sierra and Jake's daughter, Avi, form a connection first, getting everyone on board for their new love connection? Will Sierra's attention-seeking fiancé and self-involved father ever find out where Sierra is staying? Will Sierra ever remember her life before Jake and the North Star Lodge? Will every single modern Christmas movie trope appear in the hour and 35 minutes of this delightful holiday film? I think you'll just have to tune in and find out why everyone is falling for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You covered it all. It's giving us a light a light smattering of holiday teas. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to dive right in, everybody. So uh, get ready. Um, obviously, I don't have box office results for you this year because this was a Netflix joint, you know, and they're really, really, you know, they're really stingy with those ratings. So. Oh, I did see that it was in the top 10. Top 10. Like, and it's been in the top 10 Still, since it came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It's in, so, the, it's in the top 10. So lend you bankability. A s- Absolutely. <laughs> um, 
It is, we do start this movie. One of the first things that I like, I found myself wondering about, also to keep in mind, because it probably will come up over the course of this episode, I mm. watched this movie with my mother. She is currently in town, and so she mm. was really excited about uh, watching the movie. And uh, Shout out to Mama Greenhouse. Shout out to Mama Greenhouse. And she uh, had some unorthodox opinions that um, <laughs> you won't be hearing on the podcast, because yeah, people don't want to hear... Uh, People don't want to hear some of the the boomer takes on things. Um, well, I, I do want to hear it, so make sure you uh, make <laughs> tell me uh, later. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll give you some of the some of the hits. Um, she was really excited about the movie though, and she actually liked it at the end. Um, but yeah, it's like we're dealing with like we're dealing with like this resort that I instantly was like, is this Canada? Like I feel like they love mm. they love shooting like a holiday film like. In... Oh, Canada's the place. But this was actually filmed in Utah, I found out. There we go. And yes. that makes that makes total, total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we get Lindsay Lohan. I'm not 100% sure what her age is supposed to be. I um, think that's buried on purpose. Because it's unclear because we have her and her boyfriend who, I mean, I assume mid-30s because that's what they look like, right? I mean, yeah, I guess it was like... And unless they were playing around with like this sort of like person who's like like a little bit of arrested development, maybe it was a mm. lot of like daddy talk, which was kind of weird coming from like. I have this feeling that writers for like these sort of like Christmas Hallmarky like, i.e., not like very like in depth and you know like skilled writers, I would say, think that rich people refer to their dads as daddy. Forever. Forever. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. If we have some listeners listen to the podcast uh, 30s and over and you still call your daddy, Daddykins, Papa Bear, um, what what else? What's a good one? Uh, Pappy. Uh, Pappy is more of a grandfather, don't you think? I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I've, never had to, I've never had to know what to call a father. So it's something <laughs> that's evaded me. But I, anyone out there who grew up with one, um, I'm curious how much of them, any of these. What do you call your dad? Just dad? Just dad. We just stick with solid dad. Father? Ever? Dad. Uh, never father, because we're not in a creepy, like, sci-fi movie. Um, Pater? <clears throat> ever? Sorry? Pater? Pater? Isn't that what no. they say in Ireland? Isn't it Pater? P-A-T-E-R? Uh, we making that up? I, I don't know. Um, I, that would be I've always thought me. that, because there's that Simply Red song, Holding Back the Years. And, um... He says Pater and Mater and Desong. And I always thought that that was like traditional sort of like Irish speak. I always thought like Irish people called their dad like Da, D-A. Like, but I, I don't know. That could be. How do you, P-A-T-R? P-A-T-E-R. P-A-T-E-R. I mean, it just mean, I mean, it, according to these dictionaries, it just means father. But, yeah, but it sounds like German to me. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, anyway, she's referring to her dad as that. My mom instantly, as you know, because with these movies, it's always a who's who. Mm-hmm. Literally, who's who's who um, in these movies. And my mother clocked the fact that this was uh, the fa- the person who plays the father, whose name, by the way, is Beauregard. <laughs> it's Beauregard Belmont. Belmont. And, you know, that's Belmont shout out because we live in uh, Chicago and we have a very famous uh, Belmont Avenue. 
Um, but the father in this movie, Jack Wagner, plays Beauregard Belmont, and my mother knew Jack Wagner because he's on a show called Wind Calls the Heart that my mom has brought up multiple times to me. Um, I've never heard of that, but wasn't he on Melrose Place or something? Oh, he was. Yeah, oh that's God. how he I recognize him. He was like Kimberly's husband on Melrose yeah. Place. Oh my yeah. God. You guys, I'm sorry for all the tangents. Does anybody who watched Melrose Place, just so we're clear, by the way, I... I was a very small child when Noah's Place came out. Me too, but I still watched it. eating it up. And I remember the first episode of Noah's Place. I remember being a child and watching it. And I, when I tell you, I was like five or six. And I remember being in the living room and watching the first episode of the Melrose Place. And I remember my little gay ass was like, oh <laughs> my god. My life just changed. Like I knew, I Things knew it was a game changer. just got interesting <laughs> and the most horrifying episode of melrose place any of you that are, that are old enough to remember i the know most horrifying say. thing you know what i'm gonna say was the episode i don't remember the specifics but marcia cross who a lot of you may know from desperate housewives the redhead she played kimberly on this show and she i don't remember the specifics of what happened but we thought she had died okay mm-hmm. and then she shows up and mm-hmm. she's just back in the story. And she goes in the bathroom at the end of this episode. And she's staring in the mirror. And she's got her red hair. And she mm-hmm. gets this really intense look on her face. And then she slowly pulls her wig off to reveal, yep. like, her bald head with, like, these scars on it. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. And it haunted my dreams. <laughs> it was a traumatizing. I fully remember that. It was... I don't remember... Again, I don't remember the details surrounding it, but I remember it being the most... It's burned in my brain. It's like one of the most significant TV show moments of my childhood that I fully remember. It was a nightmarish moment. That was the downside of having a mom who was sort of like, do you think? Um, <laughs> uh, was that you had to you had to deal with those demons on your own too, baby. Um, Dave pointed out that Meryl's Place premiered on the day after my sixth birthday in 1992. So happy birthday to me, baby. Um, yep. Because I was on the ride for, for better or for worse. Jane, mm-hmm. I just remember it. This is a deviation, but I have been wanting to tell you this forever, and it oh has God, been so me. difficult. Dave is like, oh my God, he remembered, thank God. So we, he just said, oh my God. So we were in, so we went to LA. I went to a, yeah, a conference. We haven't even debriefed we about your LA trip. We haven't talked at all. It's, yeah. I, the listeners at this point are just like, these two aren't friends anymore. That's all they do. They're, <laughs> they're just here for business. because They're making. They're also like, they this. don't talk about movies they only talk about their lives we're gonna get to it but i have to tell you this you're gonna freak out so dave and i were at at the lax airport and we were getting ready to board our flight back to chicago and it's like i I, it's like the information i know is juicy and you're fucking dripping it out for me you know how it is i know at the airport so we're sitting at the airport i don't remember why it came up we were having a messy problematic conversation about bad (laughs) bad work in hollywood like like plastic surgery whatever and we're sitting there and rihanna no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh my god! Okay. Um, so it's not that exciting. Okay. We're sitting there and we're talking about the work, and then we start talking about the temp, and mm. we have a little bit of a light conversation about Laura Flynn Boyle and choices, and we're talking about all that, and we're just talking about the temp as a movie. I'm sitting on the ed- like I'm sitting waiting to board the flight, but I'm on the end seat. And hold on, there's- you guys, if you haven't, the, we uh, the temp is an episode we did a few weeks ago, so go back and listen if you haven't. It's a 1993 it. film. We covered it a couple weeks ago. Please 
it hasn't come out yet, but it will have come out by the time you listen to this. So exactly. we're sitting, I'm sitting on the edge of my, of my seat. I'm at the end of a row. So it's just me. And then it's like the traffic of people walking on, you know, uh, coming to and from the other side of me. But you know, like those people that like sort of come and they don't actually sit down. They just sort of stand. Hover. Or hover around. Give it to me, Brandon. <laughs> and I literally, we're having a conversation. We're talking about the temp. And I'm like, yeah, like, and we're talking about maybe not the best work. And we're talking about Faye Dunaway and how great she looks. And then I turn my head and standing next to me as I'm seated is Stephen fucking Weber. And I'm like, Yes. And I I'm sorry, up. listeners. I know that that probably blew your eardrums out, but that's wild. I swear to God, we were mid sentence talking about the temp. Not, not like oh, we were talking about it 15, like we were talking my about it. My God. I turned my head and it's Stephen Weber standing right there. And I look up and I turn to Dave and I go, oh my God, it's Stephen Weber. And he looks up and he's like, is that him? And I was like, that's him, Dave. That is him. And then, like, he, Dave turns and I turn and we're just staring at him. And then he looks <gasps> up from his phone and he's like, hi. And I was like, ah! oh and my God. I turn, and I almost, I almost said, like, he didn't give me, like, he wasn't rude, but he also didn't give me, like, come here. Right. So yeah. I didn't say anything, but I almost said, oh my God, we were just talking about the temp. And, and I only reason why I didn't say it was because my fear was he would say, why were you talking about that movie? And then I would And then you like, would have been like, we work. have a. We have a moderately successful podcast that covered it. And we have you can the, find us wherever yeah. podcasts are available. It's called Movies We Missed. I mean, God damn it, Brandon. And we also covered Sing White Female a couple, like... <gasps> oh, my God! Exactly! Episode, and I could have told... But I didn't know what to say. And you, when you see people like that that are famous... Although, okay, a lot of our listeners right now are, th- are, are like, <laughs> just kind of Googling Stephen Weber. So let's do that. <laughs> Steven so a lot Weber of you were like, is famous, but he's, it's not like, again, it's not Rihanna, but it's, it, he's in stuff, you know, we he's know in him. Stuff and we know his, and then Dave looked up on IMDb and he stars on like either Chicago PD or Chicago Fire. One of those shows. He's like, <gasps> oh, so he's oh. coming back to Chicago. Probably it was Sunday. He's probably coming was he back. In, was he in first class? Well, well, okay. Well, he was on the he was on that list. He was on the upgrade Ooh. list. And he oh over to the, shit, Stevie! And he got that. He got that first class fame because I said to, I turned but to Dave he, and I said, "Oh my god, what if I'm sitting next to Stephen Weber on this flight?" And then Dave said, "He's probably in first class," and he was correct. Um, and although I don't know if <laughs> but, it was that upgrade, but that he got was. Him there. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say he's on that upgrade list. You're Sounds like he was on that, that bubble because I and he also had to walk over and put in a little bit of labor because it looked like they had to. Jimmy rigged some stuff around because he went over to talk to the people at the front desk. I wonder if he, I wonder if he pulled a do you know who do you I know am? who I am? And then the yeah. person said no. And then he said wings. And then she was like, yeah, they're pinned on my shirt. And he was like, no, like the show wings. <laughs> and she was like, oh, OK, good for okay. you. Is that a um, <laughs> good for you, baby? Uh, is that a new one? And then he drops Tony Shalhoub's name. Um, he was the Balky of our show. Um very much in the tradition of an Andy Kaufman on Taxi, mm. that vibe. Mm-hmm. It would have been a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, and so that was just really That's... funny. He's looking good. He's looking good. He's I still got that he's... thick, full head of hair, baby. Wow, good for him. Good for him. So that was um, our celebrity sighting, and I could not wait to tell you. And I was like, I have to say, Dave said, oh. save it for the podcast. Oh my God, this is the problem. Is like, you, like, I feel like I try to save things for the podcast too, but then I forget, and then I forget to tell you. And it's like, so, I don't love that. But I'm glad, I'm glad you saved it for the podcast. I, I will mention the, 
the fact that like I am I am back in school and I'm mm-hmm. a part of a cohort and my cohort is comprised of people that are younger than me. Uh, and mm-hmm. I brought up and there's a I'm in the second year. There's a first year cohort and there's a person who is close to my age who I've actually become pretty good friends with. And I brought it up and she was the only person who knew what I was talking about. And I was so grateful because everybody else was like, oh, and I was oh like, and then she was like, from Wings? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, of course. And everybody was like, Wings, See? what's that? And I was like, ugh. I'm but old. you're dealing with like 25-year-olds. Yes. Like, that's like a generational gap. It is. Even though we're all, no, they're not millennials. They're Z, they're Z I think. They're Zs. Yeah, they're Zers. So we're in very different ballparks. But it was uh, it was really that's, funny. And that's I, a really good, really like specifically you um celebrity setting like i feel like that's a really good one for you, you know i should I mean? have and i should have said something because also i thought to myself I was like who was, when was the last time somebody like walked up to steven weber and was like love your work i, 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 could, bet, a, I, I bet a lot of people do that to him he is like kind but of I don't like think a he's household like, name but i don't think he's like inundated with it i just mean like i right. think he can probably go to target and like do a successful like target i'm target trip totally I just mean people might being, be like, like oh shit that's that guy you know it's not like it's not like Leonardo dicaprio you know no, what no, i mean of course so i'm like so i just felt like he probably would have been totally fine with me just being like hey like really enjoy your work like you had the 90s on a fucking chokehold man like, <laughs> but like i i i never i never do that like if i've seen you know anytime i see a famous person i always want to like, give them their space, give them, right? Give them their space. Even yeah, though there's there's a huge part of me wants to be like, oh my god, like I loved this thing that you did, or like I'm a big fan, and it's like, I, but I never, I always err on the side of giving them space. I never. It would have to be. It honestly would have to be like I was saying this today. It was like it would have to be like Grace Jones or like Sade. Like right. if I walked up to Grace Jones, I would be prepared for her to be like, get the fuck out of my face. But like I would still, <laughs> that would be what our moment was. <laughs> You know, but I would still go up to what her and give her... What is that accent you just gave, Chris? Jones? She's like, what the fuck are you doing over here? I'm like, I don't know, ma'am. I'm so sorry. Like, Pull up to the bumper? Fuck <laughs> off. Um, so, yeah, that's my vibe. Uh, but yeah, so back to the podcast where we're dealing with plenty of stars in this movie. Well, um, speaking of icons, I do want to say, like, I... We're about to tear this movie apart as we do with every movie, but like this are was. We? Oh, are we not? Oh, I enjoyed it. No, no, I, I'm listen. What I'm about to say, just before you react, listen. I loved this movie. I thought it was great. I thought it was super. Like it was like, it had everything that a holiday movie that you want a holiday movie to have. And can you stop making that face at me, please? I'm just listening. I'm just listening. <laughs> You get the floor clean? Oh my god. Um, and I, like, we're, as as we do with movies we enjoy, we still tear it apart at, at every detail. And I want to say, before we get into all of that, like, I really did enjoy this movie. It was, like, something that, like, I would watch again. Like, I feel like it delivered on what it was like promising, which was like a fun straight to Netflix Christmas movie, you know? Um, so yeah, so we've got this movie, we've got Lindsay Lohan. She looks good. She looks good. Um, 
she has really, really like long, thick, luxurious red hair. I'm so happy that she went back to red because that's she always needs the, to be red. That is, red is her. her that's her thing. I will say that about seventy percent of that is not her hair. But that was one of my know, questions. Was going to be Jane, my res, my resident hair detective. Did you think that these that this was a folk, I don't know if folk human being could have hair like this in real. It, life. They can't. They can't. It is. It is. It is so rare. It is so rare. And it's like down to her like ass. And it's like these perfect, like gorgeous, like thick, thick, gorgeous tendrils. Yeah, tendrils like running down her back. It's like, no, that's not. uh, It looks lovely on you, but it's certainly not coming out of your head. It also should be noted that like clearly Lindsay Lohan was like, you're not making me look like Boo Boo the Fool in this one. This is my comeback. (laughs) I'm like, I will not look bad in any scene. 100%. And she didn't. She didn't. And honestly, like, good for her. Because I fucking rooted for Lindsay. We sort of touched on it in the beginning. But, I mean, she had a lot of... She had a lot of things that were hard to explain going on in her 20s all over the internet. And people would not leave her alone. They were so invested in her life and... She didn't know how to manage that. And she didn't have people around her who knew how to manage that. And so she really did the thing that I think she needed to do, which was, like, she stepped away for a good long while. And this is, like, I think people are hoping that this is her comeback movie, you know, and sort of kickstarts some new interesting projects for her. And I hope the same. Like, she is del- she's a delight to watch she's on screen. She's a name. She's also, yeah. like, a still a star. She's a box office name. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. her bankability is being proven. I also think it's really interesting because someone, I don't remember who it was, but I was watching an interview with a person who was... Of Lindsay's ilk, like a person who mm-hmm. was famous in the same time period. I cannot remember for the life of me who it was. But they were talking about being famous during this time period, the early aughts. And they were talking about like the unique sort of like the unique phenomenon that was sort of like online gossip sites because they were just totally. coming into being Paris Hilton, Perez Hilton, sorry, was like the, like the height of fame. And like this Absolutely. idea of like documenting in like real time quickly, like people like at their worst having these sort of like public like meltdowns and like, you know, really, really intense moments that we all of a sudden, they oh, oh, it was always being documented in, like, you know, newspapers and things like that. But this was a new phenomenon and, like, the speed totally. with which information could be presented to the public. But this person, I feel like it may have been Paris Hilton. I feel like it may have been. But they were just I talking about like the complications we... around this and around having to sort of navigate this new, like, influx of, like, information that, like, they couldn't get their hands on and stories couldn't get retracted quick enough and how damaging it was. totally because shit traveled to the speed of fucking light and it's like you have a bad day and you snap at someone you know and it gets documented you're a fucking bitch for life you know what i mean and it's like i it, it it you get branded and you're held to a standard that an you know, and, and these gossip sites were fucking mean. I mean, in particular, Press Hilton, the way he talked about young women and people and outing queer people and like all of that kind of stuff was so toxic. And I will be the first to admit that, like, I absolutely fucking lapped it up at the time. Like, I was all over those sites and checking them every day and reading stuff about them and 
had like a come to Jesus moment with myself, like, you know, a few years later being like, this is so gross. And I think actually, I I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but I think it was like, um, it was last year, wasn't it? Around the time of, how dare you, around the time of um, Amy Winehouse's death, because she was such a significant, like, you know, musician in my, in my life as she was for a lot of people. And I really um, was just inspired by her and was so sad about Mm. how everything went down for her and realized that, like, because I wanted information on her, that, like, I had helped, like, feed this machine in, in a lot of ways. And so I think, you know... A lot of the starlets from, like, the early aughts were victim to, you know, that kind of, like, really gross toxicity. And I don't, because I don't really engage in it so much now, I don't really know what it's like out there. I think it's better in terms of, like, the celebrity gossip world, although it still exists for sure. But I do think there is like maybe and again this is me saying this from the outside i don't jump in on this in the same way that i used to but i think maybe there's a little bit more respect for the people that you're covering but i don't know well then that's you know that's an interesting tie-in because then we've got like Lindsay lohan who i by the way we meet a british character or an actor doing a british accent really early in the movie and i had a moment where i was like is is Lindsay about to go british for this Oh my god! Um, well, the actor who plays Tad is actually British. That's what it was. It was we meet yeah. Tad, and then I I was mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on there. Um, when it, when <laughs> we were going, I was like, "Is Lindsay about to try it again?" Um, <laughs> well, she hasn't did, been since she, the Parent Trap, baby. She nailed it in the Parent Trap, you know. So yeah, but she left it. She left it be. Um, and, but I did think it's interesting that her one of her like her dream careers, her character Sierra um, Belmont's dream career. She's like this heiress. She's currently. VP of Atmosphere, baby, get into it. Um, <laughs> at her dad's company, which is nothing. Um, yeah, she, which she actually acknowledges. She acknowledges. Like, I think my dad made that up for me. And it's like, I actually feel like I would be an incredible VP of Atmosphere. I would love that job. You'd, yeah, you'd be good. You'd be a good like secretary of ambiance. I could see that. I feel like I would go in and just be like, what's the vibe? How can I contribute to it? I feel like I'm good at reading a room and contributing to a vibe in it. I'd make you like custodian of drama. Well, <laughs> there might be times when it's time to f- ruffle some fl- feathers or fluff it. up the room. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Absolutely. But I love that like she's sort of like talking about this dream. Her character has this dream of being like this influencer and like having a career, which I'm also like, I don't understand why that's not attainable for you because you're the daughter of a millionaire. And I feel like if you wanted that, you could be an influencer so easily. 100% because I mean like the thing is is that she she says that she has socials but like they've been hacked and I'm like you have so much money hire someone to like manage your socials yeah. and like just pose for pictures and collect the cash like yeah, your there's no way input that, like, is like low it's like what Kim no Kardashian that, like, does Kim, yeah you know? Kim K doesn't do her own socials like, sometimes she holds the phone for Instagram stories, but, like, I don't she think... she chucks it at her assistant when she's done. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, no. So, absolutely. You should be able to hire somebody to make this dream happen for you. <laughs> I know. Um, it was insane. Also, they mention her wearing this vegan leather, like, these vegan leather pants. Is vegan leather just pleather? Okay. So, that's the joke that they make. So, she asked the stylist, which, by the way is her sister, Aliana Lohan. I don't know if you noticed that. 
I did not. Yeah, that's her sister. And it's funny because her her and her sister are doing all this press for this movie together. And they're like, yay, we're sisters starring in a Netflix movie. And it's like, well, one of you is starring. And the other one has like six lines. <laughs> oh, was that was that shady? No, you said, her, you said what you said and it's cool. Um, I don't want to get targeted next, so I'm just going to... Let's push through. Um, but I will say, you asked about the vegan leather, so mm-hmm. let me talk about that. So um, she says... Um, is that pleather? And the stylist goes, it's vegan leather. And the joke of that is, is that like (laughs) pleather, vegan leather is of course pleather. It's the same thing, but it's had this incredible spin through marketing where now it sounds like you're being conscious of the environment um, by choosing vegan leather because vegan is the, you know, veganism is the way forward. However, and it, you know, helps contribute to like, you know, help like helping climate change and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that actually vegan leather or pleather is worse for the environment than regular leather. <laughs> so there's the cover of this. So I looked up Allie Lohan mm-hmm. um, and the cover of this album that it looks like she must have done when she was like 15 or 14. It's Allie Lohan. It's called Lohan Holiday. It looks like an in memoriam like photograph. Um, oh but, um, it just needs that like sunrise sunset underneath it with the dates. Um, <laughs> but that is really funny to me. Um, it's good to know about this spin on a vegan, lo- vegan, vegan Lohan on vegan leather. <laughs> I did think it was really funny by the way that like we meet her. So we meet her, um, her boyfriend, uh, known simply as Tad played by the <laughs> actor George Young. And like, I thought that that was going to be like her gay best friend, no shade. And so I was really confused. And my mom and Dave were like, no, that's her boyfriend. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. And of course, it ended up becoming a big part of the story at the end. But uh, Mm -hmm. that we didn't really like deal with. Although I felt like, so like Jane mentioned earlier, there's the whole like proposal that happens where he proposes to her on like this slope. The thing about, okay, here's the thing about this movie. The thing about this movie is that it's the thing about it that's funny. It's the thing about it that you make fun of. But it's also the thing about it that like is comforting Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder about so many of these movies and like these Hallmark style films where it's like they want something very specific and they're they're clearly in on the joke at this point. But like totally it, everything there were several points in this movie where things would happen and like right before they happened I would yell out this is going to happen and then my mom was like you ooh, somebody needs to be in the in the writing room. I was like I just understand the formula of these <laughs> the films. formula is set and, and it's, it's like there's, there. there's the moment when she tenderly like sits down with her dad and she and she looks at the snow globe and she goes, I haven't seen this in years. And I go, her mom's dead. No, one hundred percent. Her mom's dead. <laughs> like it's just like it's there's so many of those moments. And he when he proposes to her, the ring doesn't fit right. And I was like, oh, she's gonna lose that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she like, <laughs> and then she tumbles off the mountain, the fountain, and he she, can't, or the mountain, and he can't save her because he pulls the ring off of her. Like, yeah. It's yeah, it, it's a whole thing, and it's just like it's. But it's the thing about these movies that makes that makes them so comforting. And Jane mentioned earlier, it is very much just like the plot of um, Overboard. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen Overboard before? Of course, yeah. Okay, don't say of course, girl. There's so. Well, much why would I have brought it up as a comparison if I hadn't seen it? Your wife could have brought it up, and it could have been like this is a cultural like you know touch point, like, and you just <laughs> took it and, ran, and you're like, okay, good to know. I don't know your life, Jane. <laughs> you actually know. Uh, like most of my life. <laughs> I know what you choose to tell me, but I don't know what you keep secret. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. 
So I thought that that moment was like really, I thought that that moment was really funny when she sort of like slides down the mound. And of course we know that like, this is the beginning of like the transformation. Although I will be clear in saying that like typically in these movies, the person is like really awful. And then yes. they and then they go through amnesia and then they sort of become this kinder person. She actually isn't that bad, really. Um, She's they not. They could have made she, her worse if they wanted to. They well. definitely could have made her worse, and I bet Lilo, as executive producer, had a hand in that. She was like, "Let's make me not terrible. Let's make <laughs> me not she, a monster. None of my old assistant interviews need to be used for this, please." <laughs> she is like rude and like selfish she's and rude she's dismissive self-important yeah, yeah exactly like all the things you would expect but like you know they give her some heart by having that conversation with her dad about her dead mother you know it's like the classic hallmark thing where they're you know shooing in or shoehorning in like exposition so that you don't entire you know this is your pra- protagonist you can't entirely hate her from the beginning but tad you do hate from the beginning. My mom You're- said, I don't like him. After he started, all he did was say, like, hello into the phone. And she, <laughs> As we're watching she, the movie, she said, I don't like him. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they did it right, baby. <laughs> and shout out to that actor, you know, George, George Young. You did it right, George Young. You did um, it right. Also, we did note that, like, we, we quickly decided that we didn't love Jack Wagner as a dad. Dave suggested Pierce Brosnan, and if they could get him, which they maybe would have been able to in the strength of Lindsay Lohan, but I don't I know. doubt I, it. He, she would have had to have, like, a like a one-on-one meeting with him. He and, like, would have meet. had to have a much larger part. I she think. would have had to go to him and cry and be like, I was supposed to be, I was supposed to get Mamma Mia, and they gave it to Amanda <laughs> Seyfried. Like, you did that movie. You know what it was like. I didn't get that experience, mm. Pierce. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. Please do this for me. Like, and maybe he would have like, like, okay, for a weekend and like, you know, Utah and like a, all expenses paid, like amazing suite. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but alas, but Pierce wasn't we cast. Got, and we got Jack Wagner and he brought mm. his bronzer with him. My suggestion was Peter Gallagher, who's already in Netflix's pocket with his Grace and Frankie Ooh. thing. So I was like, let's, let's line those pockets a little bit more. But Gallagher, once again, didn't get the call either. You know, and Eric uh, Roberts. Gallagher, Gallagher gets the call a lot. He I does. And we're not talking about the comedian Gallagher. No, we're, no, talking, we're talking about, about Peter Gallagher. Absolutely. We're talking about eyebrows, not watermelons. And by the way, R.I.P. Gallagher, watermelons. I remember hearing that Gallagher was racist, allegedly. Oh, really? Well, then fuck it. I mean, I don't know why we're shocked. It's like, would he be like an 80 year old white man today? Like, I know. Yeah, and water's wet. Um, <laughs> it's always funny when you find out that like a old like rice like old white person's racist, and then people are like shocked. It's like yeah, or it just is what you expect, or like, or it one hundred percent tracks. And like, it's way rarer to like you know. It's like when I look into the politics of some HGTV host who I like, and I'm like, ugh. Ugh. Well, I mean, it's the whole renovation chip, show for me. Chip and Joanna Gaines thing all over again, you know. Yeah, and you supported them. You went to that church that they went to, didn't you? <laughs> They wouldn't let me in, and I said I, I don't you care. Asked for a I said I don't care about my own community. I'm here to support you guys and what you do in Corpus Christi, Texas, or wherever the fuck they are. Waco. Waco. <laughs> I don't know the difference. It's all whatever. And Jane said, "Shout out Koresh right before we um started the um the episode. <laughs> Davy, <laughs> isn't he dead? <laughs> Famously." <laughs> 
also, we get Lindsay Lohan in this like this really saucy little red jumpsuit right at the beginning with of the, the green shoes. I loved the green shoes. the 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 jumpsuit I could take it or leave it, but the green shoes were good with the Gucci I, sunglasses. I always love like it's always something that feels so like right and wrong about a person with red hair wearing red. Mm. It's like. I don't know what it it's is about saucy it. to you. It's really saucy. It's just like, oh, yeah. you did it. You did the thing. Or pink. Like a person with red hair wearing pink. It's always Ooh. like, oh, you didn't give a fuck. I love it. <laughs> and it works. So I was like, shout out. I was into it. Um, and we get the first sort of like meeting in this moment between her and our cord. Um, <laughs> cord Overstreet who plays the character of Jake. He's like just had this not really even meeting with her dad. It was more like an imposition. And her dad's just like not into the idea. And then like he like gets like... <gasps> also- idea is like hey I, I like honestly I again like I said in my synopsis I don't know much about the operations of ski resorts but I don't think that someone goes to a place like the like cozy you know down to earth North Star Lodge to learn skiing and then suddenly can afford to go to the Belmont which is like this luxury place with like see through um, hot tubs and shit and like a spa and like everything is super fancy it's like you can afford what you can afford yeah your money money situation doesn't change as you ascend in like proficiency with skis exactly Um, because like if you could afford the Belmont from the beginning you're going to the Belmont. And you're probably going to get better, like, training. Or you would believe you were going to get better lessons there, at least, from, like, the ski instructor. So, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but we're supposed to be into it because he's a dreamer. So we get the first sort of, like, bump, bump in of these two, and it's not even really, like... Her boyfriend, Tad, ends up sort of intervening, but we don't get, like, the moment... I thought she was going to rip his head off, and then later on, yeah. they are going to end up... But we don't even really get that. It's just, like, no. this weird, like, inconvenience and imposition. That's all we really get. He, but, like, like, spills... He, like, spills hot chocolate on her, like, red jumpsuit. And I would argue that this interaction is totally unnecessary to the story. Like, it, it doesn't... It really wasn't. It, it doesn't anything. move anything forward. He doesn't remember her when they meet again. She clearly doesn't remember him because she has no memory. But, like, even still, after they, like, oh, spoiler alert, fucking get together and fall in love, they don't Jane. have a... None of our <laughs> they, listeners saw that coming. <laughs> they don't have, like, a conversation about that first meeting. There's never know? a moment where it's like, oh, my God, you. And in order for that to work like it does so successfully in a movie, like, the much better than this movie overboard is that is that there actually is like a series of like really unpleasant interactions between the two people right and we don't really get that here so it's no payoff in terms of like remembering but also the trick of that is either you want that to be a plot point or you don't and one of the problems with overboard that has sort of like the thing that you look past because it's kurt russell and goldie hahn Mm -hmm. is that she's really awful to kurt russell in this movie horrible but but he what he does is actually illegal um what he does is really (laughs) awful and abusive to her (laughs) and like it's not okay and like in trying to employ this plot they tried to do it there was a movie they tried to do a remake of overboard not too long ago i remember i didn't um, see it though but i remember coming out with anna ferris and uh Uh, it came out in like 2018 it was um yeah it was who was it it was it was Anna Ferris and Eugenio Derbez. And they started who? it and it Eugenio Derbez. Um Who is that? I think it was supposed to be like his like crossover movie. He's like a really big like Mexican actor and comedian. And this was a movie that they like 
I think was supposed to be like a crossover sort of into like a oh, U.S. This market. guy, I recognize his face, but I you, I've never yeah. seen him in anything. You recognize him because they did another movie in twenty, maybe the one they did in twenty twenty two with him called The Valet. Ah, uh, okay. he was also in that. He was also in the Oscar winning movie Coda as well. So like he's had like oh, a couple of like oh of like bigger my parts. a girl I went to high school with her sister like wrote and directed coda oh wow okay well then we got mm-hmm. to go ahead and give our shout out to is it sean header no i thought it was coda maybe it wasn't um okay. wow okay so <laughs> maybe she didn't I, write I, and direct oh, it all i do is oh 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 <laughs> it's it's you pronounced it wrong that's why oh, i'm sorry how do you it, her last name is Hater. I would. I don't know how to pronounce her first name actually, because I don't know her. I only know her sister. But her, her I last said name Heather. Is, it wasn't it's that ha- But it's Hater, and in my mind, I just didn't. It didn't like oh, people register. Mispronounce things. When, when yeah, I just because like, I'm so I'm so famously Hermes, good. You're like I don't I don't know Hermes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or someone says Givenchy, I'm like, oh, you mean Givenchy? I. Otherwise, I just don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so all of this. That leads me into one thing, and I will Please. let you say No, 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 no. Okay, I'm so sorry. You're so, you know, you know, when she's wearing that jumpsuit, and yes. they're like, oh, this is a, a custom-made Belen Yagi. Is that a real designer, or is it made no, up? I think it's made it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's funny that they couldn't just like call one of the like actual designers and get them. I mean, they probably I know and get funnier. something. Yeah. <laughs> but, is yeah, it funny never... or is it funny or is it low budget? Because I thought, oh, I guess we can get anybody. Else we didn't want to get that Balenciaga. <laughs> but I also feel like Lindsay Lohan probably has like a, a Balenciaga she could wear. gown in her closet that she could have grabbed. Who? I, it is an interesting choice because it's like, I know. what's this world where we need to? Where we also she's wearing Gucci, so it's like. Right, and which doing? is fully recognizable as Gucci. So yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> but then a part of me was also like, like yeah, I don't think Belenyagi is anything. Um, so that was a choice. <laughs> but yeah, the thing that I was gonna get at was also like the thing about this movie is that it's not overboard because like he he knows who she is. They've had negative encounters before, a lot of them, or substantial, or like one or two, but they were substantial. And then he in, in like, overboard, not in this. Yes, movie. and then he goes to the hospital knowing that she has amnesia, knowing who she is, and with the ability to sort of reunite her with her family. And instead, he lies and says that she's his wife, and he brings her home, and then he to his house that's like this pigsty where he lives with like his four or five boys and they just terrorize this woman who doesn't know who she is and they put her to work and she's forced to do all sorts of like labor for them like emotional and physical and yeah, it's, it's just really, really like up. problematic but it, it is does a, not age well <laughs> but i watch it and i love it and it's sweet oh, but i'm it's aware Goldie of the, Hawn and kurt russell like america's sweethearts like you're on board but for I'm, overboard. but i'm aware at the same time that like the exactly. politics are pretty fucked up with that movie so 100 with all that being said we get a much lighter version of that here their interaction is very brief and it's not 100 like horrible and the thing that happens after this sort of introductory like interaction is that we get lindsay lohan in a car singing <laughs> well okay so this is so funny to me because tara and i were watching it and she's like giving us her all with her jingle ball rock in the car and we were like 
oh no, is this going to be a thing where it's like, she's going to be trying to give vocals this whole movie? <laughs> like, I really don't want this to be like a big part of it where it's like, sh like share your voice with us, Lilo. It's like, this is not what we're here for. I'm here for like a Christmas movie. I don't want, ugh. But it turned out not to be that. I would have been here for Lindsay's Oh Holy Night. Um, <laughs> I will say that later on in the movie, me and my mother got into a little bit of a back and forth because Ooh. my mom said, well, she's got the voice. And I said, what do you mean? And she was like, she can sing. And I was like, based on what? And she was like, early in the movie, she was singing. And I was like, was she? And she was like, she's the best singer in this film. And I was like, but we haven't heard anybody else sing. <laughs> And she's also I, the best actor in the film and i wouldn't <laughs> and give that, my mom and it and my mom wouldn't give me it so we were just at a standstill baby <laughs> my mom enjoyed the vocals and she thought that she served so Look, she's not a she's not a bad singer she did what she did um, she's not a bad singer i mean it's not giving whitney you know what i mean who is <laughs> exactly <laughs> what a reference um <laughs> You, if you had been like, it's not given Megan Trainer, then I would have been like, mother? Um, but yeah, it's not given that. Also, Jane, have you ever had a roasted chestnut before? No, I, I that's a really good question. I've never had a roasted chestnut. I have chestnut. no idea what they taste like. They look, Me when neither. I see people with them, I've only ever seen it in movies. They mm -hmm. always look very cumbersome and like difficult to me. Because you have to open up is the show. Yeah. I've never had one. I'm open to it, but I just like. I think I think I've had so actually this is so uh, at Thanksgiving when my mom makes stuffing, or you call it dressing from the south, she puts. I guess we're country fucking pumpkins. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's a regional thing, you know. No, you're one hundred percent right. We do. Um, <laughs> my mom would put chestnuts in there, but they weren't roasted chestnuts. Like they would come mm. in a jar, and I think they were already like, whatever. Like peeled. That's the only time I've tasted chestnuts that I can like pinpoint. I probably have because I've tasted everything. I just never remember anything. But I don't know. They mm. like I've definitely not tasted them in like a pure form. So that becomes a big thing. Also, in this movie, who we characters that we meet that sort of like I guess make it a little bit more unique of a story. We meet the character of Avi in this film. Yes, the daughter. The daughter. Avi is the daughter of our leading man, and we meet her with her grandmother. And in the beginning, we don't really know who they are. And I are—I honestly, it took me forever to figure out who they were. I thought that this... <laughs> she I calls thought, him dad in her first line. I missed it, baby. I missed it. And, I was, and once I missed that first one, I just thought that she lived with her... I thought her grandmother worked for him at this lodge. Mm. And that she just was the... She was like the little girl who like, you know, was just... <laughs> running around the lodge, doing her <laughs> she's thing. The, she's the Eloise of the North Star Lodge. <laughs> I don't get that reference, but yes. You never read the book Eloise when you were a kid? No. It was a book about a girl who lived in... Oh, God, you are going to tear me apart for this. Why? She, she lived in the Park Plaza in... Um, like, isn't that where Home Alone is? Oh, sorry. I don't know, actually. Let me Google if it is... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's Eloise. Yeah, she lived in the plaza. I think that's where Kevin McAllister stayed at in Home Alone too. Is it? I don't remember. Probably. Yeah. It is. But it's like a fancy hotel. But I just remember reading the book when I was little, and it was about 
Eloise running around. I guess this would be like the Utah version of it. They also, they they hit, they shied away from the Mormons in this one, and we know they're all around. So oh, well, I don't think it was supposed to be set in Utah, was it? Oh, okay. For some reason, I feel like Colorado, but I actually completely made that up and don't know if it's true. Maybe it's one of those Hallmark things where it's like an ambiguously an ambiguous hometown. They love a good ambiguous hometown. Absolutely. Just, that like, doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Although, I mean, if Salt Lake City seems like a perfect place, especially if we're talking about like, you know, affluence and like this sort of like wealthy locale, but it does seem it's Aspen. Aspen. Sorry, Aspen. Aspen. Yeah. So it's that's an so Aspen. yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so Colorado. So, okay. So, so I did much... hear that somewhere. But I completely missed the fact that this little girl was, we find out, is uh, Chad Michael Murray's daughter, which we had no idea about <laughs> when we started this film. But she plays the daughter, and then we have the grandmother, and they are, like, around. They're too, they're too happy for me. Everything's they're a joy very, for them. They're very, very delighted. <laughs> and they're... By everything. By everything, we find out that the lodge isn't doing great. We also find out that the lodge was given to Chad and his deceased wife by mm-hmm. their by her father. Are you calling him Chad as a joke? Or do you I'm sorry, actually... no, no, no. I'm, I no, no, no. Court. I'm sorry. Court by Court Overstreet. <laughs> we find out that the lodge was given to. I really did I not need to do that. I thought the first time was a joke, and then the second time I was like, oh no, he thinks this is Gemma. And I didn't know why you were laughing either. I was like, why is she laughing? Um, no, Cord Overstreet. I'm sorry. The icon. Um, so we find out that Cord was married to to her daughter and that her and that the father gave them this lodge when he died. And his father-in-law. His father-in-law. And so now he lives here with his daughter and his mother-in-law and, you know, staff. And they're not doing too great in the business department as kind of as a result of this. Although it's like you are competing with this lot. You are competing with this resort, okay? You guys are very different things. And it, they also don't imply that it has anything to do with competing with the Belmont Resort. They What they imply in this movie is that it's a result of, like, Airbnbs being, like, too easy to, like, book and, like, I guess, like, on a in a good price point. I'm like, how many fucking Airbnbs are there in the area? In this, Maybe like, a lot. rural area. But, but also... Also, they just screamed out there's a lot of them. So okay. I guess so we're I guess talking about Aspen, and, and that's true. As soon as that left my mouth, I was like, you know what? Aspen is a huge destination. So Wealth, yeah. opulence, Aspen. That's Have slogan. you ever been to Aspen? Many times. Also, I also one thing of note that was peculiar to me that just stuck out was this lodge is sort of like on their last leg. And when Lindsay Lohan gets there, she has amnesia. They throw her into a room, and the room has a Christmas tree in it. And I thought, is this a thing? <laughs> like, do, does every hotel room at this lodge have a Christmas tree? Because y'all are really y'all are burning through that money. Because well, this is what this is what Tara said. For the lobby. When she, we were watching the movie, Tara goes, "They're probably so fucking broke because they're spending so much goddamn money on Christmas decorations. Like this place is decked to the nine. There's a town, Jane. There's a town that's all Christmas stuff." I forget the name of it, but it's a town, and I really want to go there. It's Isn't all it Christmas in Michigan? all year round. It's something or... like that. Frankenmuth. That's what Dave said. Frankenmuth. I want to go there. I, I would love to go there. I, it's, yeah, it's in the Midwest, the right? Largest. Yeah, it is. It's in Michigan. You're right. Frankenmuth. I want to go. They are all about Christmas. It looks like it'd be a lot of fun. Well, um, we have to go. Let's. I know. Road trip. I think we should go to Frankenmuth, and I think that we should take it all in. And I'm just gonna, you know, hope for the best. And 
I want to go in like July. Actually, no, I don't. Ooh, I get what you're saying. No, I think yeah. that's actually a good idea, Jane. Like, so you can get like that really great Christmas jolt in like the middle of summer. And it's yeah, not that far then, away. Either. But then I was like, I don't want to be sweaty there. You know what I mean? But it'll give us a chance. To, I love Christmas. It'll give us a chance to, Me too. to live Who in doesn't? the full fantasy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we go in the winter, you mean? Or if we go in July? If we go in July. Okay. Well, I'm willing to try it. Make you know, plans go, for next year. The way, the way climate change is happening, it'll, it'll be cold in July probably anyway. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we have all of that. We have this sort of link between the little girl also and, like, the... And and uh, and um, our Sierra because they both lost their moms and they both, mm-hmm. you know, they both have this sort of thing with these snow globes. So there's a again, connection like, there, you know. So I but like sorta. It's like it's so it's so loosely like drawn. Snow globes always feel like such an impractical practical thing to me, especially like holiday snow globes because I feel like they're cumbersome. It's like what do you do with them the rest of the year? You pull right. them out once a, for one month out of the year, and then you've got this like <laughs> massive tchotchke that like and it's like heavy. Gotta, like, they're and, heavy and delicate, you know. And like, they're it's... heavy and delicate. Yeah, and it and just it's... it. It always feels like a whole headache to me. And nobody's ever given me one. It may change me. If somebody gave me a snow globe, I may end up feeling completely different about them. But I always think, like, that's in a box somewhere. I remember being really fascinated by them when I was little. Like, thinking, like, it was so magical. And now we know the truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the- I mean, in this movie, I guess the truth starts to reveal itself slowly but surely because finally we figure out because the sheriff at the the sheriff who, by the way, what we see at least is a sheriff mm-hmm. talking to Lindsay Lohan's dad, Beauregard. And then all of a sudden, like, he's like, oh, I know where your daughter is. And he's just like, well, also because these like the, the stylist team and her personal assistant don't raise the alarm that she's fucking missing for a week so nobody knows until belmont beauregard comes back a week later and is like where's my dad and like oh we haven't seen him for a week and it's like hold up what you thought that was fine because you saw some note on table like this is a billionaire's daughter you have to be a little bit more careful about like you know think about like the chain of events here because like of course people would like abduct her you know what i mean it's like funny too though because it's like Lindsay lohan is the same age as me like Lindsay uh-huh. lohan was born five days before i was and it's like mm. to think about like people like i just i feel like i'm so old and i feel like i just feel like, I, feel like what you're a grown-ass man like and maybe i'm wrong for thinking that i definitely go through the world and sometimes i think to myself someone help me and i know oh. why people don't because i'm just like old and they're probably like <laughs> That's someone's dad. He knows what's going on. This man um, can take care of himself and a whole family. I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. Can you imagine having kids, Jane? Can you oh imagine being God. responsible for another person? Well, I can because I have a lot of small kids in my life that I jump in. Yeah, but you're not responsible of. for them, Jane. No, but you know when I spend time with them. And, and it's the same thing as having a kid all the time? I didn't say our that, mo- baby. Our moms and our dads light her up on our social medias. Not on Twitter. Because as we said... I just said I babysit. I take, you know what I mean. I like see my niece and nephew a lot and babysit for them. So it's like I, I don't. I could imagine being a parent. Yes. So anyway, we get this moment in the movie (laughs) where thirty-eight years old. I'm not like twenty-five. You can't imagine. You don't know. (laughs) 
Whatever. You can't imagine what these parents go through. I know I how you live, true. Jane. Don't start with me, girl. <laughs> so anyway, we get this moment where like we sort of begin the process of figuring out who she is. Even though, I mean, I get that she was on the other, kind of like on the other side of town in a way. Because it seems like this lodge is in a different part of Aspen than... But again, um, the internet exists, so like you know who it, she is. There's like no you excuse. should they should know who she is. There's no excuse. And we figure out who she is, and then it's like the pro and also she sees her dad, and like the moment she sees her dad, she knows who she is. Yeah. But also it's like it's real unclear. Like she's like, Oh wait, I know that name. Oh my god. It's Sierra, and you're my dad. And it's like, it all starts to come together, but then there's some things that, like, I remember, like, a second later, she asked a question about, like, something that I'm like, if you remember everything, shouldn't you remember that? Like, it's not all real well thought out. It's not, but it's enough to get her out of the lodge and to make Jake realize how in love he is with her. And also, at the same time, like, Jake is doing that typical sort of, like, guy in these movies thing of being super stubborn because she's like let's like figure out a way to like crowdsource to get money to save this lodge and he's Mm -hmm. like no anything but that and it's like so you'd rather close the lodge and be without a home than like ask the community that you've also helped and assisted for years like for help and assistance it doesn't really make sense but it makes zero sense because also he's a person he's the classic classic male protagonist in a Christmas movie like this because he has almost no personality other than being a pillar of the community who helps, who selflessly helps every single person, but does it quietly. And that is his only personality trait. Like other than that, you have no idea what makes this guy tick. No, we know nothing about him. We know that he's angry we know that he doesn't like to be, like, challenged or questioned. But, like, not even really, because when he does, he, like, gets a little bit mad and then is like, oh, like, I'm sorry, I'm just, you make me feel things that I haven't felt since my wife died. And then he agrees to have the fundraising party anyways, so it's like, mm, he's not really, like, I, I think the challenge, he, he backed down from the challenge real quick. It is, yeah. It is very much like the movie where it's like they don't see they haven't worked out anything really. They know that he's difficult, but that's all they're prepared to like engage with. So I I have to make a call out at this like fundraising party. So Jake starts to make a speech or whatever and like can't find the words because he's like typical. Oh, I don't know how to ask my community for help, even though I help them all. And so then they start just walking up and being like, Jake, this is how you helped me. You helped, you taught my son ski lessons. So here's a check. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll take this check. And then this one couple comes up and they're like, you gave us, um, you know, we got married. We couldn't afford a honeymoon. And you gave us, you know, a free place to stay in the biggest room at this lodge. And then the wife hands the check. And while we were watching this, Tara and I were like, why do we recognize this woman? How yep, the yep, fuck yep, do yep, yep, we yep, know yep. her? Oh, At the my same moment. God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we were figured it out. The woman is was on a reality television show called Married at First Sight. Her name is Iris Caldwell. And I was like, what a random fucking like person to be in this movie. 
Did you watch her season? Yep. I'm. I think I'm the. Didn't I tell you? Wasn't she? She was on the episode with that horrible couple where that guy was like a monster. Do you remember that? Yeah, probably. I mean, which it was like Elizabeth. It was like Elizabeth and Jamie. Elizabeth and Jamie. Oh, the bald guy and the red hair. Yes. Yes. She was. She was annoying, but he was a nightmare. He was. I mean, he was abusive. Yeah, that's another way to put it. One hundred percent. And it was like, and then I I hate on the okay. So those shows are awful always, but Mm -hmm. I also hate. Oh, we watch them. We watch them. (laughs) What's funny because that's one of the only ones that every now and then I'll get pulled into. It's honestly one of the only ones, and I don't know what it is about it. But like, and there's always the couple that like one of them isn't attracted to the other person, but they like won't admit it. I know. And every now and then that couple makes it to the end, and they they typically end up being like one of the best couples. And I think it's partly because like they're not super sexually attracted to each other or one of them isn't. So like they have to go at a slower pace in certain respects. And I think that ends up being like a positive for them because Mm -hmm. you'll have the other couples that are instantly sexually attracted to each other. And then it's like the relationships just implode and it is like, you can't look away. It's like one of those like horrible like things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. So yeah, Iris was in this movie and her whole thing on the show was that she was a virgin on Married at First Sight. And that was like, the only thing we learned about her and also mm-hmm. there's this weird episode where like i'll never forget this there's a weird episode where like she her like her you know husband you know whatever he has friends over and they go into the refrigerator and they get juice out of the refrigerator and they fill up their glasses with juice and she's so upset about it and he's like it's not that big of a deal and she's like there we had drinks we had drinks out on the counter that's what's for people like you don't go into people's refrigerator and like grab something and it's like I get that there are different camps as far as, like, people going into your fridge and grabbing mm-hmm. something out of it. But, like, for me, it would be a moment maybe where I was like, hmm, I wish they didn't do that. But, like, it definitely <laughs> wouldn't be, like, a flip-out moment. And I would never say anything even to my spouse about it because it's Absolutely. I, I, I remember that so specifically because it was like, what a fucking hill to die on. Like, like, who cares? I mean, that is really that I mean that is pettiness incarnate. Also we're in the like, also this is a small apartment and we're all like it's like they're in the they're hanging out around the kitchen. Right. It's not like they're on like another wing of the home and they went across like, you know, through the dining room and down a set of stairs to the kitchen and got something. It's like we're all here already. It just was assumed right. and, that like, I and it grab... wasn't like they popped like a bottle of Dom Perignon that we've been saving in the back of your fridge. Once for, like, again, a special moment. It's yes. like some fucking juice. Like, and it's, it's like, like deal with it. Like, it's you know, just like, <laughs> go get some more juice from right. the store tomorrow. And stop. we know production's paying for it anyway. So who you cares? don't this shit. So exactly. like, calm down. You're right. What the hell did I But yeah, she's in the movie. She's um, in the movie. She got the call. Uh, so yeah, so we get a lot, like a couple little cameos. And then we get this moment where like nothing builds up to it character or story wise. Mm-hmm. But like Tad ends up leaving after Lindsay breaks off the engagement with her assistant. Yeah. It's like, it's... Where did this come from? It's so wild. I know and that. that I know it was that fisherman that, that threw his back out. I know it is. But they, <laughs> to, but they don't tell us that. But they don't tell us that. It's all very implied. And, like, it's so it's so funny because their breakup, too, is the most, like, casual thing that ever happens. So casual. Where it's like, she's like, 
I'm not ready for this. I want to engage. She's like, what? He's like, oh, can I post about this on Instagram? And it's like, okay. So this is like, maybe this was never a real relationship. Maybe you were never invested because you, you know, you guys were in it for the likes on Instagram. But, or maybe you are a gay man and you realize that. Or maybe you're a bisexual man, but she just wasn't doing it for you. I don't know. But it's like, it's just so many unanswered questions. And Tad is a real question mark of a character. It is. It's a wild one. But it leads us into what we need, which is for Jake and for Sierra to end up together. Jake, finally, he gets that sleigh that pops up outside of the lodge. And he uses it. He puts his daughter in it, which I would never put my kid in it. Because I would have been like, you stay here. I don't know what I'm about to do to myself. Getting in this, like, <laughs> sleigh for the first time and letting making this horse, like, trudge me down to this, like, really Well, he does it all the exam. time, to be fair. Oh, that's with true. You. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He does yeah, do it all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So we've got that going on. and uh, But it's also like they like are trying to create urgency in this moment. Like, I've got to take the sleigh. And it's like, because you know the end of romantic comedies when you want to declare your love. Like, there has to be some urgency. But there just isn't any urgency in this moment. <laughs> like, it's so... It's you're supposed to feel it, but you don't. And then he gets there and she tells him that she's broken off her engagement. She's staying here and she's going to invest in the lodge and help him like run it i guess and then they have like a kiss at the end but you know what i found out the kiss is not Lindsay lohan it's her stand-in which makes sense because i said Mm -hmm. i said yesterday i said why does this kiss look so weird he was kissing her at such an angle and i couldn't figure out why now that makes sense because he was trying Mm -hmm. to cover up her face yep which also makes me wonder why why Why? stand-in I wonder if, like, I don't know. There's issues on set? Yeah, or, like, her husband was like, I don't want you to kiss someone. The fuck you are. (laughs) Which is such a weird stance to take when your partner is an actor. It's like, what? It also, it's giving me, like, Kirk Cameron weirdly kissing his wife in, like, all of those, like, creepy movies. Shout out Candace Cameron Burr, who doesn't like gay people. Oh like my we, god! Like we didn't I'm know that so already. bored with the Camerons. Who fucking cares? I can't believe we let her back on Fuller House, and she's just like straight up a bigot. Like, why yeah. are we dealing with these people? Like, get them out of the social consciousness. We don't need them. We don't. She started like some network that's gonna do like Christmas movies just for straight people, straight white people, basically. So and it's like, stupid. wow! Congratulations on your fucking boring movies. I'd go off and do them. I don't need to hear from you. Yeah, enjoy your movies, you, you jokes, you jackanoles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then we get these two ending up together when he shows up at the lodge, and uh, it's happily ever after for them. Mm-hmm. But not before we hear, um, you know, Jingle Bell Rock um, over some bloopers. You better believe it, baby. <laughs> And there's like a, I don't know if you caught this, but there's like a rap verse on the Jingle Bell Rock. It's it's Lindsay Lohan singing Jingle Bell Rock. And then there's like a rap verse on it. And I was like, what is this? We didn't need it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the movie. That is Falling for Christmas. And Brandon, I have a couple questions for you. Did, Get them up. Did you fall for Christmas? And will you be watching this again? I'll watch it again. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Me too. I thought it was fun. It's it's also one of the things I didn't mention is that there's a lot of physical comedy in this, which I think Lilo is actually pretty good at. It, it's it's giving very light, light, light Goldie Hawn vibes, and so I love that for her. We love it for her. 
Um, and then my second question for you is if you have a movie for me next week. So I'm actually torn. Oh <gasps> my girl, Natalie, Natalie and Brulia. I thought I saw a man brought to All right. All right, all right, all right, let's go. Um, so there's two movies. They're very different okay. movies. Okay, so The Ref, mm-hmm. which is a good film, mm-hmm. or a movie that we've seen before, but we haven't seen in a very long time. Okay. While She Was Out. What is While She Was Out? Kim Basinger. <gasps> I don't know what The Ref is, and I do not remember While She Was Out, but I remember we laughed our ass off while watching it. And I'm wondering... Let's do while she was out. Okay, let's do while she was out. We're gonna do the 2007 Kim Basinger uh, thriller. <laughs> while she was while out. While she was out. Amazing. Well, I can't wait. Um, thank you to all of you listeners for chatting with us about the incredible, iconic, soon-to-be classic, Falling for Christmas. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. If you want to continue to follow us throughout the week, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movies We Missed. And we shall see you next week for the iconic 2007's... What is it? While She Was Out? While She Was Out, baby. While She Was Out. Bye! When I was with my brother-in-law last week, when we were parting, he goes, bye 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 bye. Oh my god! <laughs> I fucking I lost it. my shit. It was so good. I love it. It started as like a like a fill-in, but like it's mm. just become the thing now. It's good. I'm rock hard for this podcast.